Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome to another episode of the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. Uh, if you notice, the background seems a little funky today. We're uh, campsite today, hanging out. Uh, we're on vacation, the family and I. We're waiting on our guest, Augie, to, to jump on here in a, in a moment. Uh, he is a United States Marine, also a swing dancer. So spoke to him a little bit ago hopefully he'll be jumping on with us just in a moment but as we know show goes live at eight so uh <laughs> show goes live at eight just got a message from my best friend ken he thought it said swingers on tonight not swing dancers probably you know augie's great dude but i probably would get more viewers i imagine if i had swingers on you know whole nother animal at that point but yeah so we're hanging out at the cape today uh, do a little bit of house cleaning. We don't have the board with us today, but as always, you know the deal. Sticker in a cause. If you've got something you're supporting, something that you believe in, you've got your own podcast, you've got your own. I don't care if you got a dance club, whatever you got going on. You reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, even our emails. All the above the bar podcast. Send me a message. We'll go ahead and uh, get your stuff out there. I'll tell you where to send the sticker at. And we'll let everybody know what you got go, going on there so that everybody knows uh, what you're supporting. Again, reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, Augie's a little little com- confused here on the time. That's all good. Uh, so as, as we... As we go through this, he'll be joining us here in a little bit. We do have some other things going on. Uh, as always with our with our media, you know how, how it works with the media pieces here. If you're trying to uh, support your something here and you, your media needs a little bit of an uplift, reach out to Media by Dibs. It's Media by Dibs, D-I-B-S. Reach out to Dibs, and if you mention to him, belly up to the bar, he's going to give you a 10% discount on your first order. Also, he's going to give you a free con- consultation on everything. Uh, so make sure you reach out. And at the same time, uh, Jessica Gruber, who introduced me to Augie, uh, it, who introduced me to Augie, and she is phenomenal. She's got her own podcast now, and that's called Paid, P-A-T-H-E-D. And it's a faith-based pod- podcast where she interviews folks who through whatever has happened uh in their lives something that's gone on in their lives that they've been able to use that because of the way god has helped them out they've been able to set another path their life so she's got a really good one this week so she's actually interviewing a world war ii veteran who um he reached out who she interviewed I'm trying to think when it's going to come out. so it'll be out the friday this friday evening at 8 p.m central time and she's interviewing a gentleman his name's don graves he's a world war ii veteran uh he was also a marine on iwo jima and it's pretty ironic she's getting this done 
just before the 4th of July. So I think that's a perfect segue into it. So make sure you're checking out uh, her show. And that's Pave, P-A-T-H-E-D. Uh, and you might hear a kind of a familiar voice in the opening of, of the show. Little, little familiar voice. Uh, it's mine. I did her, did her opening for her. So I don't, I'll toot my own horn. <laughs> if you want me to do your, your opening for your own podcast, you can absolutely reach out to me also. I think that's something I'd like to get into. Uh, also, Nathan just reached out. Uh, we had Patty Negri on a little while back. And Patty says we, we helped her out with uh, her brother-in-law is a, is a veteran, having some tough times with the VA. So we reached out and uh, helped him out. So thanks to everybody on the show that was able to uh, reach out and, and show some support on different ways that um, we can help them out. So moving forward here, also uh, I got to give a little shout out to Nate here. Uh, we were talking about this. Uh, Ravens Nation lost a huge, huge part of that term, play like a Raven. Uh, Tony Saragusa, 55 years old. Uh, I was pretty surprised. I didn't realize we're, you know, he's about 10 years older than I am. Uh, so, Goose passed away. Uh, we haven't heard exactly what the, the cause was. He was a big man. It could have been anything. But uh, Tony Saragusa passed away this past week. So we want to uh, pass our, our feelings out to the, the Saragusa family. Let them know that uh, all of us here at the Above the Bar podcast are thinking about them, thinking about the family. And uh, Ravens Nation as a whole, I know, have already started to come together doing what they can. So 100% support for them. Uh, some other things that we have coming up here, just spoke to the pod father and he let us know that he will soon, very, very soon be back at, back in action. Uh, we're going to be doing some stuff together. So we'll hopefully see her back online here real soon. Oh, and here we go. Let's add him to Hey, See, oh, look at this ruggedly handsome Marine right here. <laughs> What's going on, brother? What's going on? I'm, I'm sorry, and I take all the hit. Uh, when we do East Coast, West Coast time, I, I have to start putting up a chart because I screw it up also. So, but we got, uh, do you have your, wait a sec, Augie, are you wearing your Marine Corps tracksuit? No, it's Kevin. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, for a, sec, for a second there, I thought you had, that would have been, do you still have yours? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Actually. Um, I have it, uh, back at my place. I've got like a, uh, a tub with all of my Marine Corps stuff in there. <laughs> you got the, you have the tub too. I got yeah. one. that's the same way. Like, <laughs> I, I went through mine. Um, I guess it was probably about two or three years ago. I went through mine and I had camis that were still yep. rolled up with ba ba nice. uh, rubber bands around them that didn't even nice. have name tapes on them. I went to the local uh, oh. recruiting command and was like, take these. I can't do shit with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and just dropped, <laughs> dropped them off. So, again, folks, we have uh, Mr. Augie Freeman with us, United States Marine, as you'll probably hear lots of stories. Uh, and, and I'm going to – I don't know if Augie knows it. I was taught this early in my Marine Corps career. Do you know the difference between a sea story and a no-shitter? Uh, I can guess. What, what okay, I want to hear because because sea story is what like a fish tale, and then a no shitter is like no, no, bullshit, like this really happened 100%. I don't have my claps, I give you a clap right now. 
Uh, I don't have all my stuff. My, my wife's in the background. She's clapping for you. But that's exactly nice. what it is. You have you have sea stories and you have no shitters. You always knew when a Marine was, was getting ready to tell you the legit story because he'd be like, look, man, this is a no shitter. This is what happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But for if he was sure. if he was full if he was full of shit, he was like, dude, so like we were on deployment. Let me tell you what happened. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let me know sure. what happened. So, <laughs> yeah. so Mr. Au- so Augie, you served from when to when? Um, I served from um so I had uh I went to boot camp in uh March March twenty-first, two thousand one, and I was supposed to um EAS um what is it like one day before four years later? Right, yeah. Or something like that. Oh no 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 it was March twenty-fifth. So um, I got out three months early on a school cut, which put me out Christmas Day, <laughs> two thousand four. So, oh, you want to know it's really? What do you know? It's really creepy right now. So, I was at recruiting school as you were going through boot camp in San Diego. Oh, you were at the school at the same I, time. So I went to re- at the same time. So. So fresh uh, face, CRD? still wet behind the yeah, still wet behind the ears, Augie, and oh, salty sergeant, salty ass sergeant Murphy going, "This is bullshit. I don't want to be here." Uh, yeah, that's funny. I was. That's too funny. Oh, that's so hilarious. I, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a left coast marine. You know, didn't go to boot camp out there. None of that stuff. Just schooling and different things. I always uh-huh. hear the stories, and we're gonna get into some Marine Corps stories. How much did it drive you nuts truly seeing the airplanes taking off and landing? Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I think I tuned it out um, mainly because um, I have a twin brother and he had already gone to MCRD. He told me all about it, all, all the do's and don'ts. I was, I was prepared when I, when I got there. Um, both physically and mentally, and as far as like, I got ahead on all of the uh, the prac knowledge that you're supposed to have, and um, so I I spent like a good amount of months just preparing for boot camp, and um, before that I was already getting my run time up. So by the time I got to to boot camp, I was a, a 300 PFT tier. I had all my prac knowledge. Um, I knew exactly what to expect from the drill instructors. Um, so and and also culturally like you know the airplane thing it's like right next to the airport so you see all the planes coming and going but also i was um i was 21 when i went to boot camp oh no shit Um, so you were a little bit older yeah i was a little bit older i i dropped out of college um so i i was ready i wanted to be there a hundred percent i knew exactly what i wanted in life and i had a lot of time to think about it beforehand and um, and I knew that I wanted to, I, I I knew that I wanted to go to boot camp. I wanted to be a marine. I wanted to earn the title. Um, and beyond that, I knew I wanted to go into the into the fleet, marine force. And I knew that I wanted to go out there and, and conduct real world missions. And um, I didn't I didn't want to just like wear the uniform and have the 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 name tapes and and look the part. Like I really really wanted to to get out there and do like the real shit. So were you an O3 hump a lot? Yeah. So I, <laughs> this is funny. Cause um, I, I went O3 
and um, got to uh, School of Infantry. And um, and this is probably where a lot of like 0311s are going to fucking laugh at me. Um, but uh, I got I got to SOI and um, and the humps were a lot harder than they were uh, at bo in boot camp. Because um, in boot camp, the, the humps were they were easy, relatively speaking. Um, and then uh, so I get to SOI and we're we're doing humps. We're doing range runs. I think that the top one we did was around 25 miles. Um, and some of it was like most of the night. And, um, and I just remember getting to back to, uh, back to the rear and my feet, like I took off my boots and they look like, like fuck, like raisins, dude. And, oh, um, I know and I had, oh yeah, dude. And I, I, I like, I had rubbed all these, like there's like practically no skin left on much of my feet, went to the corpsman and um, I was just like, Hey doc, can you, can you help me with my feet? And he looked at me and I, I kid you not. He was like, so what's the problem? <laughs> yep. I love it. Oh, and I, I looked at him and water. I was like, yeah. I was like, this guy's serious. He is like, he's, he's no shit telling me to man the fuck up. And I was like, wow. all right, all right, good to go. And um, and it was it was at that point where I was just like, fuck, man, I need to find a way to be mechanized because um, not because I can't take it, but because this is going to catch up to me at some point. Right. And um, you know what I mean? And so like for, just from a longevity standpoint, I was like, OK, what what can I do from this point? Um, because if because if I go. If I go to um, 0311, that means I'm going to be a rifleman, which means I carry less weight potentially than if I'm an 0351 or 0341, which is mortarman. Mortarman. And certainly as a machine gunner, 0331, which I was like, fuck that. I am not going to be a machine gunner. I'm I'm 140 pounds soaking wet and I'm 5'6 and like, and I'm already doing these humps where I feel like like I just lack the bone density to be able to handle this on a long-term basis. So two things need to happen. I need to gain weight um, and I need to gain strength. So, and I was just thinking so I have funny. to do that anyway. Yeah. And um, so I was just like, okay, cool. So I, I, I saw that there's, um, there's two, there's two MOSs within the O3 field. One of them is, um, uh, uh, tow gunner, O three fifty two, and then there's O three. I think that one's O three forty something. Oh, is it okay for the LAR? It's LAR. Yeah. at LAR, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, and I forget what recon is, but that I, I was I was weeded out early on on, on the swim qualification for that one. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, so I was like, I put my hat in the ring for um. 0352 and also for LAR. Um, and I got 0352. And so um, I was just like, um, okay, cool. So um, so when I get to, when I got to the fleet, um, we still humped, um, but we didn't, but we did it as like a matter of good practice. It wasn't like an integral part of, of what we did. Um, but uh, but as a as a as a tow gunner, um, 
you inevitably had to be like um, able to do dismounted patrolling. Um, and so that, that actually came into play in um, uh, mostly uh, OAF, Operation Iraqi Freedom 2, which was my second deployment, where, um, where part of the time I was, um, I was uh, a tow gunner um, up in the gun, um, engaging targets with, um, with the tow system. Um, or providing overwatch. Yeah. Um, and the other times I was actual, um, I was a dismounted um, rifleman, if you will, even though um, my my designator was 0352, still had to rely on that skill set. I'm not going to say that, like, I was as skilled as, like, um, a full-time 0311, but it was something that, that I had to do that was within my – I went to school for it, um, trained for it, um, did uh, – a lot of training packages where I was, um, where I was a rifleman. So, I mean, it's kind of like, yes and no, I was O three 3 hump a lot, but I don't want to like, I don't want to like take that badge of honor away from like, you know, the full-time O three elevens, the O three thirty ones, the 40 ones, the guys that humped like the no shit, heavy fucking break oh, your yeah. ass stuff. Um, cause, I, I know uh, cause I, yeah, and I had a lot of friends that were that 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 were that um, obviously. Um, so, um, and I worked certainly with a lot of those guys um, in OAF one and two, um, and uh, you know, part of the time, uh, I was, I was glad I was just like fuck yeah, I'm glad I'm in this Humvee and not like humping all that bullshit over there in the sun and in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's such a marine, and, and and to 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 give a uh, a dictionary of, of all the things that Augie and I are talking about, because this is such a marine way. When you get too many of us together, we we end up doing this where um, we have our own language. MOS's job, military occupational specialty, it's our job. Those designators, if you were to ask somebody in the army, they're going to tell you. Uh, I think they're eighty four Bravo. I think is their infantry yeah. i think that's what it is and they're gonna have a 11 one. bravo 11 bravo thank you i knew it was something bravo uh i don't know their mm-hmm. stuff but you know and the navy's gonna yeah. have something else sassy to say because that's the navy they'll be very sassy uh and then you know <laughs> the 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 air force will have have their 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 uh, I mean, they're probably in an air-conditioned room somewhere they they don't have shit to say um you know they're they'll right. have their own and when we say hump what we're referring to is putting a pack on your back that has a pack list to it probably weighs yep. about a hundred pounds. I'm with, I'm with Augie. I weighed 127 pounds when I went to boot camp. Um, mm-hmm. I always jokingly said I, I weighed 127 pounds with a 400 pound mouth. Um, yeah. So I really needed <laughs> nice. to go to boot camp. And, and I, and I was, so I don't know if you've ever heard, this will be an interesting question for you. So when I went to boot camp, all the, infantry guys went to mct with me and what would happen is is we would all do the first training together and about week when we finished mct at four weeks mct folks is marine combat training all marines are basically trained infantrymen we all learn the same basic skills the only difference is is that school that augie's talking about school of infantry is an advanced infantry training where you really learn true heavy tactics, mm-hmm. how to cut the pie, 
formations, different types of, of things. When we would hit that fourth week and we went off to our job schools, all the uh, School of Infantry guys walked up the hill at uh, Camp Geiger and well, it's not really a hill. It's off the road. It's all flat. It's North Carolina, but walked up the road right. with all their gear and went to the School of Infantry for another mm-hmm. uh, eight weeks, I think it was. And then if you were LAR, you had to go to the, the left coast because that's where LAR school is. And everybody uh-huh. else, you know, went to, went to whatever unit they were going to. Right. I don't know if you knew that's how it used yeah. to be. That's how it was prior. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, that, that definitely changed. I'm not sure when, um, but definitely. We had no females also. Uh, we had no fee. Females graduated. Yes. When I went to boot camp, we did 11 weeks. Females did 13 weeks of boot camp. And as soon as their boot camp was over with, they did their 10 days of leave and went right to their job school. And they ran a mile and a half when I joined the Marine Corps. Wow. Tell me yeah, how different changed. that shit is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, a lot's so, changed since, since I left too. So, I mean, I think, um, yeah, now I think uh, – the um, recruit training in San Diego is now fully, fully integrated, um, both male and female. Um, and I, I do believe they do, they, they actually train with each other now. They have separate uh, barracks um, and living they have quarters. females out that way now? Uh, oh, that's they, I, th- I think they do, yeah. Um, I think they introduced that this year, actually. Um, and then... Um, I know now that I, th- I, I believe that you can be, you can be an infantryman if you're female now. You can, you can actually go combat arms, where you didn't used to be able to do that before. It's so different. We, look, the Marine Corps is always mm-hmm. the last to get it done. Most people don't know that we were the last branch to uh, accept a drug test in boot camp because uh, the Marine Corps' mentality uh, was. If you were high the day prior, we don't give a shit. We'll get it out of your system in the right. next 30 days. Don't worry about it. So why the hell are we wasting money on drug tests? That was their mentality, which really, if you think about it, if you smoke pot, it's okay. logic. Yeah. Why do, why do I care if you get to boot camp and, and it's in your system? By the time boot camp's over with, the shit will be out. That was their mentality. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, for sure. Now, now I want to get more into your career in the Marine Corps because you – I saw, you know, we posted some pictures of this. I mean, you had the, uh, I don't know, I guess the best way to put it is you, you got the 50-50 award. Half of the guys got it and go, look what I got. And the other half said, shit, I don't. Uh, you got the 50-50 right. award. Um, we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, curi- I'm curious. What came first for you? Was it the swing dancing or was it the Marine Corps? The Marine Corps. Yeah, so I started dancing um, in 2003 when I when I um, came back from Operation Iraqi Freedom. Was it a yeah. therapeutic thing? <laughs> like, how did you get into that? Like, um, that's, even, I, that's even more wild because because like I yeah. couldn't imagine walking back into an infantry barracks and being like, "Excuse me, guys, I need to go ahead and get my suspenders and high waisted pants and tap shoes. I'm going to go ahead and go fucking dance right. to Charleston right now." Like I can't imagine totally. having that conversation. It, it was, but at the weird same time, first, dude. But yeah. so tell but me, the how, fellas, they I want to know how that happened. Yeah. What? Did, so, um, what, what? so okay. So I grew up in El Paso, Texas, and um, 
And it, it, in some ways it's Texas, in some ways it's New Mexico. Um, and, and the ways that it's Texas is that um, it, the, uh, the two-step is very popular there um, okay. and Western, Western bars, right? And not that I was like ever crazy into um, country music, but, um, but I enjoyed it with my friends and going, certainly going out and, um, and believe it or not, dude, when, um, when I was in the Marine Corps, I didn't drink. So I liked going out and hanging out with, um, with a lot of my, my old high school friends when I would come home. And so I went one night and um, they had taught me like a few steps here and there. And then I ran into um, this girl um, that I thought was really pretty and um, started talking to her. And, um, and I was like, hey, would you, do you want to dance? And she was like, sure. So we went out there and, um, and she was a lot better than me. And I was like, wow, so how did you get into, um, into this like country dancing? And she was like, well, I'm part of the ballroom club at New Mexico State University. And um, oh, shit. and uh, I was like, that's cool. Like, why ballroom? Like, what? how'd you fall into that? And she was like, well, I was into swing dancing first. And uh, my brother and I used to do that. And then we found the ballroom dancing. And I was like, wow, swing dancing. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think I would want to do ballroom dancing, but swing dancing, I remember watching like the movie Swingers. And I remember seeing like the Gap commercial. And I remember watching like, uh, the mask. And I was like, that, it seems kind of like wacky, but I, I think I would want to like, at least try that. So I went back to uh, 29 Palms, started looking for it, looked left and right. Finally found this dude who was also a Marine and he was living in the barracks because he was working at the, the, the communications school. And, um, and he was like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm teaching uh, uh, these classes and, so I stopped by and he was like, Hey, you think it seems like you're having a lot of fun. Why don't you come up, come out with me and my partner this weekend? We're going to LA. We're going to go check out a competition. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I went there and that night it was the, um, 2003 California Balboa championship run by Peter Loggins. So I ran into that crowd. Like the like, singer, Peter Loggins, accident. like the singer, Peter Loggins. No, 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 no. The the uh, the dance teacher and organizer, Peter Loggins. So I think oh, he I'm lives like in New Orleans now. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. It's, I think he's actually related to him. Actually, um, I think he is. But um, but it's funny um, because uh, that night I was watching. It was at this place called Memories in Whittier, California, and um, I saw all these people dancing to this really fast music and. Uh, the, the guys were like doing the splits. They're like throwing the girls up in the air. They're like throwing the, the girls hand behind their back. And then the girls are spinning all these times in the music. And I was just like, holy shit. Like if it takes me the rest of my life, I feel like I want to learn how to do that. And um, so I was addicted. And, um, and I would like drive out every single weekend to take classes. I, I met this girl named Rusty Frank and she was teaching classes. And then pretty soon I found this place called Atomic Ballroom. Um, and I was taking lessons. I was taking lessons anywhere and everywhere that I possibly could 
And then I learned about um, workshops and um, traveling for dancing. And, um, and I was like, dude, sign me up for that. And, um, and then uh, I had to go back to Iraq in the middle of all of that. And, um, and I, I think, I think it was kind of a therapy thing for me. Maybe not at first. I was like, this is just super cool. There are all kinds of cool people. I love the music. I love the way everybody's dressing. There's a band up there and they sound really, really cool. And, um, I like the way the girls are dressed up in vintage, like, cause this is 2003. Everybody's still wearing vintage clothes when they go out. So, so awesome, it was man. totally different now. Yeah, it was great. And then um, now, what's so different now forward, than then? Um, like, I'm, what's the difference now and then? Well, um, besides the fact that um, there's a lot more opportunity to learn uh, now, there's a lot more events nationwide and worldwide. Um, I know that like the pandemic put like a kind of a hiatus on much of that. But um, there's also like media wise, you can watch dancing on YouTube. Whereas back then you had to have like videotapes and stuff. And I, I, I remember taking a camcorder to out, out dancing and to um, uh, different events. And I would like shoot uh, myself doing the move right after the class. So I would have those notes. Um, wow. And now like they have recaps and stuff like that. Um, there's like instructor demos where I would I would I would VHS record that for myself um, so that I would have it and look at it and be able to steal moves and um, and versus today like there's just so much free content now online on YouTube and everywhere else that um, that you didn't have and also like the vintage clips you had to find the vintage clips back then. And, um, and you like had to trade people. And I was really lucky because this guy, Nick Williams, um, he, uh, he was, he was already putting together this videotape that, um, that he, uh, that he was helping people get. And it was called original jitterbugs. And, um, he put like, uh, footage from like Bobby McGee's for, uh, to like, um, groovy movie and um uh hell's a poppin like all the all the famous clips that everybody takes for granted now like it, they were hard to get back then and, really? um and I, I think that's probably the big difference right there and there's also wow. a lot less traveling for dancing um you could there was like harangue dance camp and then and i think there was um Camp Hollywood, Swing Camp Catalina. Um, but really, there was only like a handful of things that you could do um, nationwide and globally. But by the time I got out, there is now a lot more events. There was Camp Jitterbug. Um, there was, oh, what else? Um, so there were, oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. And there was London Gala Festival. Wow. So there's really nowadays, if you're into that, there's a, a whole market. But but so 2003, you're learning the swing dance. You like you said, you didn't realize it was yeah. as therapeutic as it as it was. But now we've got to go back uh -huh. to OIF again. So uh -huh. we're headed back. back. Now, yep. how, how does that all, you know, I mean, 
I can't imagine you're like you said, two step Charleston. You're you're not swinging your a gunner around <laughs> like, hey, let me world. show. Yeah. Hey, look at this. You know, I, I am curious though. Yeah. What was the reaction? Because I know myself as a as a gunnery sergeant. If one of my Marines would have came to me, I probably would have been like, "That's some cool shit. Don't let it interfere with work." Yeah. But you know, field day still right. on Thursday. What was some of the reaction right. you were getting from your command and, and from? Because I think a lot of people think of the Marine Corps, and they don't realize we're pretty much a bunch of nerds and geeks that like to work out and. You know, totally. have no problem with throwing right. hands. Like we're the biggest bunch of geeks you're ever going to meet. Right. We're into the weirdest shit. Yeah, That's yeah. why we joined the Marine Corps. Totally. Uh, what was mm-hmm. the reaction you were getting from your command? So basically, I, I mostly kept it a secret, um, and a lot of people don't know this about me. Um, but um, when I was in the Marines, I was mostly secretive. Um, I mostly kept to myself. Um, I had like a few really close friends, but for the most part, I tried not to get too personal with people. I kept my, my personal life very guarded. Um, Why? And uh, I, yeah, I, I, I ask myself that question all the time. Um, I think it was because I, I was a really sensitive kid, um, very artsy. And um, I think that, um, if I didn't share too much with people, they, they wouldn't know, like, like, for example, um, I played high school basketball. And, um, so I, I could play a mean pickup game of basketball and, um, and the guys in my platoon did not know that. So I remember, (laughs) I remember this, uh, this first time we were playing, I was the last one picked and I was like, okay, all right, it's because I'm short. Five six, 140 pounds. Five six, 140 pounds. Yeah. Mugsy Bogues, Spud. Whip. Yeah. But I, I kid you not, like, I, I, I just, I schooled everybody in in the platoon. Like, I just, I, I, I took them to school. It was embarrassing, dude. I embarrassed every single last one of them. <laughs> and, um, and, and then later on, I remember um, we played again. Maybe like six months or a year later and um they started picking teams again and this one dude uh in uh in my platoon like they were they were about to pick somebody else this one guy saucier he was like no 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 no, pick freeman and he's like freeman he's like yeah dude pick freeman and he was like (laughs) okay and then (laughs) of course (laughs) but i think part of it was um was because um at the time, I, I just sucked at dancing. I loved it, but I was just terrible at it. I was brand new at it. And um, and I'm, I, I think I'm a little more secure in myself now um, than I was at the time. Like I, when I was in the Marines, I was still pretty young. I was an insecure kid, um, even though I'm in my like, like early twenties, I'm still like discovering who I am. Um, and, and, and that factors into um, like this identity that you're crafting for yourself. I wanted to think of myself as a warrior. I wanted to think of myself as professional. And I think I, at the time, um, I knew what my shortcomings were um, in, every, every, in every regard. And, um, and I, didn't, I didn't want to get too personal because I didn't want people to know 
in what ways I was insecure and in what ways I was in my own mind, at least inadequate. And, um, and it's interesting because I, that's something I kind of regret now. Um, cause I look back on like a lot of the things that happened, um, in, in everyday life and also in combat where a lot of those guys could have been somebody that I could relate to more. Um, because, um, I remember getting out and then years later, um, one of my, one of the guys that was in the platoon with, I ran into him, um, cause he lives out here as a police officer, um, in Long Beach. And he was like, Hey, dude. And he calls me Augie now, which is funny. Cause of course it's Freeman when, when, uh, right. You know, Absolutely. In- I get guys that still call me gunny. I'm like, I yeah. That. Fuck, I ain't put a gunny yeah. in a minute. And, um, and he's like, um, remember this time that this happened? And I was like, yeah, of course I remember that. And he was like, he was like, were you scared? And I was like, fuck yeah, I was scared, dude. I was terrified. And he was just like, me too. And you know what? It meant a lot to hear him say that. Because now, was this somebody that, that, that I didn't you know, looked like, to like? Yeah, I looked up to him. He was he was a guy that I thought was a tough guy, a professional tough guy. And um, and me, I'm just like some skinny kid from El Paso, and I'm just trying to measure up every day. Like that's that's where I was in my mind. And like I could run a 300 PFT, I could do I could do 20 pull ups, I could do all the physical stuff that that you would ask me to do. I had a good shooting score, um, but in my mind, I was always like, well. Am I going to measure up when, when I have to do my job? Like that was my mindset. I was like, I, and I and I wanted to prove myself, but I, and I wanted to also be like, I just want to be somebody that that everybody can rely on, and um and I was scared that I wouldn't be. You know oh, what I mean? Oh okay, yeah, I got to ask you. I, I got to ask you a question. So, so we're going to make a left turn for a minute, and, and I want to get sure. we'll get back to it and everything, but. I got to ask you, um, when, now that you're, you know, you, you, you saw combat, you know, it, you, you've done what we go, joined the Marine Corps to do. You know, we, yeah. we look at the constitution and we, we say that oath in a different way and it, it carries a different weight to us. I don't care what, uh, even when we get annoyed by the people in charge, um, sure. yeah. but and, and just so everyone knows this, listen to this, 90% of the Marines I know don't like either side of the fence. We think they're both a bunch of idiots because right. we're the ones that have to actually go do what the fuck they ask us to do. And we go, right. really? This is stupid. Um, getting out after having that brotherhood, having that camaraderie, and every day feeling like I need to make sure I measure up. Now that you're dealing with people who say this in the nicest way I can, who have never dealt with that measuring stick, have never had someone say to them, measure yourself against these legends, Chesty right. Pooler, John mm-hmm. A. Lejeune, um, uh-huh. uh, Carlos Hathcock. Yeah. Barcelona. You know that you've never had them. They've never had to measure themselves against anyone other than 
Susie or Johnny from high school or college or right. a cousin that to the rest of us mean absolutely nobody. Right. What has that been like dealing with civilians? Because you know what it means to go hard. You know uh-huh. what it means to, to, to take that next step and, and be that guy. Yeah. What has been and I think and the reason I'm asking this is because I think this is something for all of us as Marine and service members in general that we we struggle with. I still struggle with it today, eight years out, out from retirement. You know, sure. July July thirty first will be eight years since I retired. But I still struggle with it today. Thanks, bro. But I, yeah. I still struggle with it today to be like you mother and then <laughs> Yeah. So, so how did you, how have you how have you gotten beyond that? Because you have a pretty successful career so far, as I understand yeah. from Jessica. Yeah, yeah, it's going it's going quite well. Yeah, I'm very grateful for that. Um, so you're you're asking how I deal with um, the ignorance that people have around what it means to serve um, and what it means to sacrifice, um, and, and to take those further steps in your life. Right. For sure. Okay. Um, well. Okay, so first of all, I think I think a big part of that is something you can relate to is one looking back on that experience and understanding it, um, not just uh, who I was then and 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 who I am now, but what I learned from that and where I want to go moving forward in life, right? Um, but I also have had to. Um, I don't see it anymore as my mission to correct people. Um, I do see it, um, as my mission to educate people and, and it, and if, and if possible, enlighten them, um, from my perspective, at least. Um, and something I always tell them is that, um, my, my experience doesn't represent everyone else's. Um, there are, there are feelings that I have about it that are unique to who I am. And there are perspectives that are my own. Um, and I, I, I don't want to tell people what to think. I, I just, I, I, I feel like when I got away from the notion that I need to uh, set people straight on that, um, I think it, it released a lot for me. Um, and um, so now what I do is um, for those people who are interested and not everyone is interested in that, um, and that's another thing that I've had to accept is like, even though I feel like um, I gave a lot, I am I ha- I have to be okay with other people not seeing the value in that. Um, even though even though I know that um, what a lot of my brothers and in, in arms, um, the men and women who have sacrificed for this country, that is substantial. Um, but there are always, there are always idiots out there. And there are, <laughs> that's um, the only term you can use brother. That's the sure. only term you can use. And, and whether it's an idiot permanently or just an idiot now, you know what I mean? Cause some people grow up. And I think that's that's another thing that that I that I um, that I tell myself is like, you know, uh, people change, and um, and I, I I I do my best to give them grace on that. Um, so, 
just just as just as I've changed a lot myself, you know, um, I went through some really dark times um, after I got out where I grappled with a lot of stuff, and I I wasn't always my best self either during during that time, um, or even you know now sometimes I'm not I'm not the Augie that I could be, but I just always try to be um, a better version of myself, um, every single day. And I think the Marine Corps taught me that dude. I really do. You're talking about like measuring up to people that are, I mean, they're, they've gone down in the history books for their, for their heroism. And, um, it's incredible. It's, it's, I mean, most people won't know those names that, that we throw out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Back in the day, you used to be able to knock on Chesty Puller's door in yeah. D.C. And his wife would let you in and he would sit and tell you stories. Mm-hmm. Folks, if you're listening to us talk about, about that, you don't know who that man is. <laughs> take a moment. Go look him up. Yeah, He's the guy who said things like, sir, we're completely surrounded by the Chinese. And if you didn't know, it, we fought the Chinese in North Korea, folks. We've already fought their military. And they said, hey we're surrounded by the Chinese. What should we do? And he went, well, that solves one problem. We know where the enemy is. <laughs> yeah. He made, it, he made it real clear. We can attack in like, any direction. <laughs> yeah. That was it. We can attack in any direction. That was it. I mean, yep. Augie, I'm just hearing your story, brother. And we're going to get more into the swing dance, but brother. Sure. You, you're, you're the fabric of what we do, why we do what we do, you know, Thank doing you. 20 years that's great great you know great on me but Same. you guys that, that that do the four four no more move on <laughs> you guys you know eat eat the apple fuck the core we've all said it <laughs> you know, you know but, but you guys you guys really are more of the heart and soul to to the marine corps because you know i used to have a colonel that said this all the time do your four years make the rank of corporal and I'll drive you to the front gate and let you off. You say it all the time. Totally. That's what his goal was. And and, and I, I I hope everybody that, that hears this finds you and sends you a thank you for what you did. Because that's what we we, we really need. Totally. guys like you. Oh, and, and I thank you for it, brother. I mean, I, I one Marine to another, I thank you for it, man. I, I really, truly do. Well, um, I will say this. And I... I, I, I I really appreciate um, that. Um, I, I owe a lot to the Marine Corps. I do. Um, you know, I, I feel like it gave a lot, but I feel like a lot was given in return. And um, and I, I feel like it's it's really difficult um, when when people um, know what I've been through and know that um, that I was wounded in combat, um, and they uh, they make certain types of assumptions that always go in the direction of the negative. And, what do you mean? Well, like, oh, that person is, you know, uh, that person's traumatized and um, or that person, you know, all the, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, yes, yes. You know, that you can get traumatized by having a bad childhood. Um, and um, I know that's something different or um, but you can get traumatized by, by uh, being in a car accident. But it doesn't mean you don't get in the car. You know what I mean? And so, um, but the Marine Corps, man, it gave me a lot. It taught me a lot about life. Um, it, it, uh, it gave me a lot of skill sets um, uh, to be well equipped to handle um, 
the rest of my life and be successful and be self-disciplined, be self-driven, always seek self-improvement, um, always seek mentorship from people who, who came before you, um, to value those who came before you because you have a lot to learn from them. Um, I feel like there's a lot of young people today that could really, really benefit from, from those types of lessons. And you, you uh, bring up a great, you bring up a great one. The, the mentorship program, the mentoring. Mm -hmm. I feel like personally I've ran into challenges on the civilian sector where you reach out to people like, Hey, I'd really like to, to learn more about what you do or, or to mentor with you. And they're like, Huh? why like like why like why automatically want... distrusting right like like who's this <laughs> asshole i'm not telling you what i know you ain't taking my job bitch and it's right. like no right. man i want to get better at what i'm doing and you've done this for a lot of years you know and, and i think we're we're probably one of the few groups you know or at least service members in general if i'm you know i'm 45 what are you probably 37 38 uh, I just turned 43 this year. Oh like, God, so you're closer to my age than I realized. Yeah. So, but, but, but I'll reach out to a guy who's 35. If you've been mm -hmm. doing the industry longer than I have, I have mm -hmm. no problem in you telling me what to do. I think that's a Marine Corps thing. Like your age is irrelevant to me. How long have you been doing the work? Right. Totally. Yeah. And how, how, how skilled are you? Right. Yeah, exactly. Technically and technically proficient. That's it. There it is. <laughs> so, so I, I want to get back to the swing. I, I know we're gotten into a little deeper in the Marine Corps stuff, and and look, sure. I think guys like Augie and I, we, you have to come on. We have to remember when we do our uh, our birthday show. You have to come on for the birthday show because cool. we did it this past yeah. year with a bunch of other recruiters that I was on recruiting with. Some of us retired, some of us not. Uh, one guy, we, <laughs> one of my buddies, that is the one that you have to be like. You will speak when I allow you to speak because you're not getting me banned from everything on the planet. He is that, you know, that Marine. Oh yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> like the, like the first time I met him, we were in an, we were in a, uh, a setting. All the other Marines are there. He's getting ready to give a class. And he said something that I, when it was done, I looked back at my CO and I looked at him. I had only been in the command about a month. He was the RI. I was the ARI, assistant recruiter instructor. He was the recruiter instructor. I looked back at my CO, and then I looked at him, and I went, my career's over. You just said some shit that's going to cost me my career unless I go tell somebody. Right. Like, like it was at that level. And everybody was like, no, you're good. You're, oh. you're good. You're okay. I'm like, I'm like that, that's the way I was like. And then, our sergeant, and then our sergeant major talked, and we had that sergeant major that couldn't I'm, you and I'll talk afterwards. So sure. <laughs> I want to get back to the sweat. We'll tell Marine Corps. We'll, we'll tell C, we'll tell uh, no shitters and C story afterwards. <laughs> but awesome. um, but uh, so you're headed off to deployment. Now mm -hmm. this is deployment, and and, and I, I'll explain it my way. So I always have referred to the Purple Heart as the fifty fifty award. Yeah, <laughs> could have gone either when way. You're, you're right, could go either way, and, and young Marines just coming in are like, that's a Purple Heart. You're a fucking warrior. And then guys, that you once you meet some folks that are have, have a Purple Heart, they're like, fuck this thing. You can have it. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's, it's, it's the 50-50. Yeah, dude, it's it's really interesting. I remember um, this is probably my last week in the Marine Corps, and um, 
there was this uh, uh, sergeant major that was retiring, and um, we went to his ceremony. We're, we're standing in the in uh, the queue, getting ready to to march out on the the, the you know the parade deck, and um, I, I was wearing my my ribbons and badges, and uh, this one uh, junior marine who's like a he was a private. I think he was like fresh into the battalion, and he was like. Um, he was like, I kid you not. He was like, Hey, Corporal, what's that purple one? <laughs> hey, Corporal, what's that purple ribbon you got on your chest there? Yeah, I've seen that one. And these guys next to me, they just looked at him and they were like, That's the purple heart, you idiot. And he's like, Oh, oh, it's my bad. Sorry about that, Corporal. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, um, I, I, I speak about that you know that one medal on my chest in a very humble way um because you don't earn it um, no it's not a medal that you earn um you, and it's not it's not for it's not for valor um although it can be in conjunction with actions um that are you know related to combat valor but um there are many out there who are awarded the Purple Heart who, who don't live to wear it. And um, that's the thing that I am very humbled by. Um, and to top that off, for me personally, it was, you know, it's like Forrest Gump, like getting shot in the ass. It's, it's literally <laughs> a million dollar wound, <laughs> you know? Like, you weren't shot in the ass, were you, Augie? No, no, I wasn't. I was not. I was um, I was wounded by an improvised explosive device um, where I took shrapnel in um, my shoulder and um, all across my back, um, and uh, and uh, you know got banged up pretty good by that. And but I was I went I went back out like three days later. Um, so I you know I programming. Yeah, and so I I I'm just like I. Uh, I have a friend, I think he has two purple hearts. Um, again, million dollar, million dollar wounds. Um, and then I have friends who have uh, the purple heart that are dead. And it's, it's, that's how it is. And, um, and so it's, it's, I think it's, it's something that I, that I wear and I have with me that I have great humility for. Um, and I'm just grateful for the, not only for the sacrifices that that those who who have it and are you know no longer with us or could not see their families again, um, but uh, you know I'm I'm just uh, enormously humbled by that. Brother Marine, Marine to Marine, I wish we were. We weren't on the opposite coast because you get a hug right now. <laughs> Thanks, man. As, all, as only Marines can understand what that means. Yeah. Know, only Marines would hug each other and be like, no gay. You know, yeah. with that. But, you know, it, I, I get exactly what you're saying. And, yeah. and it means a lot. Uh, and I don't want to shift from such a heavy subject to, to back to the. Right. We're but, going back to dancing. <laughs> But, but, I, but, but I want to kind of tie it in together and, and kind of say, you know, you're over there, you're dealing with these things, 
Mm-hmm. Was there ever a time where you were like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm back behind some Connex boxes, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm practicing, I'm doing this just to get your mind off of where where you were, what was going on?" Sure. Um, uh, uh, yes and no. Um, so this is interesting. I actually ran into um, a fellow swing dancer while I was over there. This. Uh, this um, medical corpsman by the name of Heather Cunoff, and she was a um, a lieutenant at the time, I think, or a lieutenant commander or something like that. Oh, no shit. Yeah, she was an officer. She was obviously higher rank than me. Um, and um, she was at the um, battalion aid station, um, maybe as a doctor. And... Um, I had one chance, maybe two, where I, where I barely knew how to swing dance, but we're the only ones there, and we, we taught a class. <laughs> and, oh, no uh, shit. Yeah. Yep. I, have, I got a picture of that, actually. I can send it to you. Please um, do. That would be awesome. I'll post it on the show. No, but other than that, um, I was in a very specific mindset when I was over there, um, and I was... It, it, it's it's really hard to describe um, because maybe I maybe I needed to go that far and maybe I didn't. Um, but again, I was young and um, even though I'd already been on one combat tour, I was still actually relatively inexperienced. Um, and so I uh, I I had a uh, I had it in my mind that I needed to focus a hundred percent on my time there. And, um, I, uh, I didn't like, there were, there were times where like, you know, I would listen to music or, you know, read a, read a book or maybe watch like a DVD or something like that. Um, but I was mainly focused. Like I had a, I had a billet that I was, that I was filling, um, so on top of going on missions, um, I had to take care of the platoon's um, gear. Um, I was the what they call SL3 chief. Um, and um, that's like kind of a logistical thing. Um, and, um, and I was trying to stay on top of my fitness while I was over there. And um, so there was, there was downtime, but I was pretty serious when I was there. And, um, and I felt like, I felt like I needed to be because because um, uh, Fallujah at that time was a pretty scary place. Um, oh, yeah. What, what year are we talking right now? We're talking about 04 or 05? 04, 04, yeah. So that's yep. really, I mean, we're, we're, we're dug in. We, now, that's not the first Fallujah. That was, that's that was whole, yeah. Well, that, that was first Fallujah. Yeah, I was uh, I was first I was there through first Fallujah, and then um, all the way up until right before the second started. And actually, th- it was at a point where they asked me, um, I, for they were asking for volunteers to stay back to go on Operation Fan and Fury, and um, and I had already been uh, I already been wounded. I already had um, been there for a while, and I, I saw. Things were heating up. A lot of people um, were in the ground by that point. And I was just like, I just had this gut feeling 
that if I went back into that city, I wasn't, I wasn't coming. I either wasn't coming back the same person or I, or I wasn't coming back at all. And so I, I, I made this decision like, okay, well, Augie, if you're, if you're going home, then you're going out, you're getting out. And, and that was, that was the decision that I made. Bro, I, I, folks, I, I, I can't, I personally can't explain to you first, Lucia, Augie may have an analogy for it. All I can tell you is go read a book. Yeah. I, I, I've known, uh, we had, God, I wish I could remember his name. You would know him because he was a, Gunny he was Poppin a captain. No, he was a captain that that worked with me. He would have been. He was a second lieutenant, maybe a first lieutenant in there. He was about six foot fifty, real tall, lanky guy that was there. In and he was one of these guys that kept going back in. Yeah, real tall, skinny, skinny lieutenant yep. that I knew him as a captain. He was uh, he was our uh, Oso officer selection officer mm -hmm. um so, i mean uh, i get it marine yeah. I, I know i keep saying marine to marine but i get it i understand yeah. exactly what you're saying um yeah and and from his perspective I've, I've been there too and that's why i volunteered for a second tour it's really difficult to unplug from that um when you when you come back you bring that you bring all of that back with you and did you unpack it how did what was that like for you to unpack that? You know, and that's the only way I understand it. Like sure. Thinking, thinking about like a sea bag, you know, uh, dragging that sea bag back and, and unpacking that. What was that like for you? Um, in some ways, it was a very lonely experience. Um, and, and, uh, and it was also a very long experience. And, and quite possibly, I'm still doing that. Um, because those experiences that you have in – uh, like that are very profound. Um, and they're very, um, uh, you know, when you, when, when you tell people about stuff like this, it's like, you know, they've seen movies and they've, they've read a book or they've heard someone talk about it and to talk about it and to live through it are, are two totally different things. Um, there, there are things, there, there are realizations that I came to years after that experience happened, um, that when you, when you say it, you're like, yeah, of course, <laughs> but when you're going through it, there are, there are times where you're just like, I can't believe I just saw that. Like it just doesn't register. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, and so, and then there, there's the complexity of it, the ways that you change through that experience, um, the realizations that you have about yourself, um, that you are no better than anyone else, um, that you are the best and the worst that humanity has to offer. Um, and, and, you know, these are ways that, that I don't judge people who, who make terrible mistakes anymore. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that, that I made mistakes, everybody does, but there, there are dark places that I went in my mind where it was difficult to come out of that. And, um, and so it's just uh, the process has been um, 
One, I talk about it. Um, I have a twin brother. I've and he's a combat veteran, also was a Marine. Um, and we we talk about some of those things. Um, uh, I know that if I'm feeling like there's no one else I can reach out to um, because I'm feeling certain uh, something, I I can reach out to him. There are, there are tons of veterans out there who know. Um, now I understand they know um, not exactly what you've been through, but they they can identify. Um, and um, and I uh, uh, in the end, I I I think that I had to forgive myself for a lot of things that that can happen, where you're like, you know. I should have done this and I should have done that. Um, or like, how could I, how could I let myself feel this way or think these certain types of thoughts? Um, and, um, and at the end of it, like, and this is something that Marine Corps teaches you really, really well. You can't dwell on that stuff too long. You can reflect on it, but you have to put your best foot forward after that. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you're on a hump, um, that those long road marches that your feet hurt, you're tired, you're 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 chafed in all kinds of places you didn't even know existed, <laughs> and um, chafing in ways that you never knew you could. <laughs> yeah, and you just want to stop, and um, but you have to keep going, and you have to push through the pain, and you have to. You have to you have to get to that light at the end of the tunnel, and in some ways, that life is the hump. You just have to keep going, and you have to be tough, and you have to take the good with the bad, and you have to, um, and then you have to be there for people when they're going through the same thing. That was what I was going to ask you: is, is for yourself, um, what do you, you know, have you? I know I feel like I've experienced it a couple of times, but have you given that advice or, or do you have advice for other Marines that are, are dealing with these things or, or what would you tell them, you know, as like, Hey, this is, this is how I got through it. It's not going to be your way. It's not your process, but, yeah. but what are some of the things that you you've told to other Marines? Um, Or even have you been in that situation? Yeah, no, I have. Um, I have. Uh, uh, yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's different for everybody. But I think I, I think the main thing that I just try to convey is just like, dude, you're going to get past this. You're going to get through it. Like that, what you experienced is profound. And most people cannot relate to you. And that is how it's going to stay. But it doesn't mean you're alone. And it doesn't mean that... Uh, that uh, that what you experienced um, is 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 something that has well it doesn't have to destroy you and in fact if you if you keep pushing past this you keep going and you rely on others to help you out don't be afraid to ask for help I think that's like the biggest the biggest thing I keep telling veterans dude. Go out and get your benefits. Don't be ashamed of it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Know? you. Um, and and that I, I went through that too. Like I went out and I was just like, 
you know, no, what I went through was nothing compared to like World War II or Vietnam vets or, oh no, like, you know, it's fine. I don't need to like go to the VA and-, and, and I do got this that. shit, dude. Don't yeah. worry about it. I mean, I, yeah. I ain't that guy. I ain't missing it. <laughs> I ain't missing this or I ain't missing that. I got this shit. Don't worry about it, yeah, man. Totally. I ain't no punk. I ain't no punk. I got mm-hmm. this. Oh yeah. Yep. 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 I've heard. I, I've folks, heard if you're heard. if you're still with us right at this moment, folks, you just got two two <laughs> Marines just talking some shit right at this point. We're just <laughs> I'm campfire. I'm fireside at this moment. I got a cup. I got a cup with some whiskey in it, and we're just fucking marining it up at this point. Thank you for still hanging with us. Yeah, <laughs> you, right. you might, you might, you might hear some shit here in a moment where you're like, what "The fuck is wrong with these two guys?" But, yeah. No, it's great though because it's. I think that is the point. Is like, um, you know, whether you were whether you were a warrior or not, um, and to whatever degree you were or were not, um, um, we all we all go through some really tough things in life, man. Like, and sometimes you just got to feel it and, and you got to be like, you know, that happened and I can't change that. And there are aspects about myself that, that I, that I can change. And there are aspects of about myself that I shouldn't change. And I think understanding that is very key to finding meaning and happiness in life. And I think that whether you were a Marine uh, in the army or whether you weren't, you're just, you've just been a civilian your, your whole life. You've enjoyed the liberties that people have afforded to you. Um, those things still apply. hundred percent, brother. I mean, the things that, that you experience, they're yours. Mm-hmm. They're, you, you get full ownership of them. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of, I think a lot of our, our, our brothers and sisters, it, it's tough because you lucked out having a brother who, who went through it, that you already had a relationship. You're a solitary person, but you have somebody to reach out to. I, I'm going to say it now. Um, and I don't want to, we recently lost, we had a guest who had an organization called 22 a day vet lives matter. Yeah. I know I'm aware of that one. Yep. And, and he took his life. The man who led that organization and wow. was hiding oh, his God, sub, he was hiding his substance abuse. He was hiding what was going on. His name is Chris. And he was a guest on the show. Good dude. And he was hiding that. Oh, because man. he thought he had to carry that weight on his arm. Yep. So, so listen to two service members who I, I did not go through, and I make it very clear, um, I did not go through what Augie went through. Uh, I always jokingly say my parent, my insurgents were parents. I spent twelve <laughs> of my, I spent twelve of my twenty years on recruiting <laughs> duty, and, and I had to explain to people when they were like, "My kid's gonna die in combat." I'm still here. I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm not dead. I, at least I think I am, but our experiences are very different, mm-hmm. but service members, the service members. And I think all you will say this, my best friend, Ken is the one watching us right now. He's another Marine. He gave this a thumbs up. Um, <laughs> reach out to 
reaching out to other servants, even if we didn't go through what you went through, I promise you, we will listen. Yeah, for sure. We, we, we have that like innate ability to just sit and listen to each other, go through this process. Totally. And, and it's a process. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, let me tell you a quick story. Um, and Please. I think, I think this can relate to everybody because, um, there's a surprising aspect of this that, um, well, I'll just tell you what the lesson learned from that was after I tell you is, um, so I was going to group therapy sessions at the VA in Long Beach, um, for a while. And, um, it was mostly Vietnam guys, but it was some Korean war vets and it was some, um, uh, world war two and, um, wow. Yeah, and 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 then at some point there were like a few Afghanistan and Iraq vets that were starting to trickle in at some point. Anyway, I found this letter um, that I wrote to my mom that I never sent, and um, and I was just kind of describing what transition looked like at the end of a deployment, and I was talking about how um, you know I. It was kind of out with the old, in with the new. We saw these new guys coming in. You could tell who they were because their their weapons were super clean and their uniforms <laughs> were like, like they didn't have holes in them. They didn't have like any like patches or like, uh, like there was like no wear and tear on their equipment or their or their uniforms. Everything was brand new, and um, and and at the same time, I'm still going on missions and people are still dying. And we're about to leave. And like how horribly that, that weighed on my heart to see these guys that were so close to going home. And, um, and I, I don't know what I was expecting. Um, I, I shared that letter. There was a guy who's a chaplain in that group and he read it out loud and there was like a long silence after he read it. And before that, I'm thinking, I don't know if I should share this or not. Cause you know, like I was in Iraq, that's not Vietnam or it's not, you know, like Korea. Like these guys, these guys are the real warriors. This is like, they, they went through something way crazier. And after the long, the long silence, one of the guys said, man, I feel like I could have written that when I was in Vietnam. No shit. Yeah. And then this, this other guy, um, he was like, yeah, I feel like I could have written that when I was fighting the Nazis in Europe. Wow. And I was like, that's when it clicked. That's when I had this realization that you may not know it, and you may not think it, but there are people out there who, who get you. You're not alone. And you don't have to be alone. And I think that was a real breakthrough for me, understanding that there is a good path to healing. And, um, and, uh, and I think that holds true for anybody, whether you're like, a burn victim or a rape victim, or if you are, um, if you were in a, a really bad car accident, or if, you know, you, um, held 
your child in your arms as they took their last breath. Um, there are people out there who, who get your trauma. And so a, they get it. They get it. Yeah, they get it. They get it. You just have to find them. Uh, Augie, brother, I, I promise you, Moraine to Moraine, we'll find each <laughs> other because that's what we fucking do. Totally. Um, doesn't sound like you're a drinker. I, I still like no, it. I am. We're uh, just gonna go. We're just gonna go work out soon. But I'll show you what I have. <laughs> Oh, look at you. Tangare and uh, Plantation. I don't know that one. Yeah. Uh, that's a big, so, dude, that's, that's a hand. That's a handle of Plantation, of uh, Tangare. Holy shit. So, dude, yeah, I have yeah. cocktailing, dude. I love cocktailing. And I'm so I buy things in bulk. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. Like, like <laughs> so right now, right now, uh, and I, I'm, so this is new. Oh, God, I'm going to spend the bottle. Holy shit. Spin the bottle, not in that way. Ooh, so okay. this is New Scotland, New Scotland spirits. It's here in in New York, but they're getting ready to put out a. Uh, and, and Jesse will kick my ass because I can't remember it. It's a fucking army MOS. Who gives a shit? It's the army. I don't worry about that. God, <laughs> fucking remember, army aren't ready for Marines. Army God aren't ready for Marines. Aren't ready for Marines yet. But God. <laughs> Oh God, they all want to be Rangers. Just go join the Marine Corps. Be a fucking Marine. Um, but, <laughs> just do it, but man. Just do it. Just fucking join the Marine Corps. But my buddy Jesse, <laughs> uh, he's one of the owners. He was an army uh officer. Oh. The first time he was on the on the first time he was on the show, I didn't realize it. He's like, Yeah, I just got done doing a jump, blah, 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 and landed. I'm like, and he's like, Yeah, I've got my 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 soldiers. I'm like, Are you an O? You're an O, aren't you? He's like, yeah, why? But they're getting ready to come out with a, uh, for their version of a Corman Army Medic, uh, a white dog whiskey that's nice. all about, oh. and it's all just purely for them. The name of it is whatever their the, the nomenclature, but I, I only bring that up because so we all about. cross those lines. We, we cross those lines and Marine to Marine. We'll figure out when you're either I'm on the left coast or you're on the right coast. Um, we'll we'll share a yep. drink together, brother, because because this is this is how yeah. we relate to each other and how we we get through these things. And and I I hope some other service members hear what you're saying. You're not alone, no matter how much you feel that way. Um, yeah, and I, I I promise you, go join a Facebook group. This happened to me. Um, and I'm pleased. I don't. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm taking anything away from what you're saying. But but this happened to me. No, I no. still belong to some of my old units Facebook groups. And, nice. Uh, another Marine with 461, one of the avionics, where I was the avionics technician. I don't know who this guy was uh, from Adam. Posted a mm -hmm. thing that said, "I'm in trouble. I need to talk to somebody." Damn. I said, what's your phone number? The guy posted his phone number. I called him right up. We talked for like 20 minutes, maybe, maybe 30 at the most. I'll be honest with you. I couldn't tell you the guy's name. I could probably go back and find the post, but he posted it. We talked. He was like, hey, he's like, Sean, I appreciate you talking to me. They're finally here to take me in for some count for, for some like inpatient counseling. Good. Yeah. He needed that moment. 
So, folks, we, we talk about it on the show all the time. I call it a buddy check. Ken tells me I shouldn't call it a buddy check because buddy sounds too male. There are female service members that need this also. But I think we as service members understand when I say buddy check what we mean. Totally. Go reach out to somebody. Go reach out to another service member and listen to me. And I think, Augie, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Sure. It doesn't matter who it is, why you're doing it. They will appreciate the text message that says, how you doing? Totally. And, you know, dude, I think what you're bringing up is a very unique aspect of the um, the network of veterans around this country. Um, because I, and I think this is one of the reasons why it's very difficult to transition back into civilian life um, is because when you're, when you're a service member, um, uh, figuratively speaking, people have your back, but literally speaking, they really do have your back. Um, in, in a combat zone, you, you pull into, we, uh, we might call it a coil or you can call it um, a perimeter where you have weapons facing in every single direction. There's security everywhere. You know that the guy behind you is literally watching your back. Absolutely. So that nobody can come up on you and slit your throat or kill you. And when you get to civilian life, it really feels like a free for all. Um, I remember, I remember going, even when I would go swing dancing, like, um, when people ask you how you're doing, they're not expecting that you're going to say not so good. hundred <laughs> percent. You know what I mean? But, um, when I go to people, whether it's a vet or anyone else, and I say, how are you doing? I really am asking that. It has and a value. It has a value. And if you're not doing so good and you tell me you're not doing so good, I want to know, Hey, like, What's going on? Is there anything I can do to help? And I don't think a lot of people have that mindset, but the veterans community really, really does. Like, I, 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 I can't explain it, but that's, that's, that's something that is very special. I agree with you. And, and you know, and if it wasn't for, and I really, you know, I, I have to give, give, you know, I, I talk about my best friend, Ken, all the time, but him making sure that I understood that, you know, women go through this also mm -hmm. was important. And, and him making sure that I understood when I said buddy check that I have to count them in. I, and I want to say that again, because I think a lot of times we think in, you know, we talked when we opened it up, we talked about, you know, female are now in combat arms. We just had mm -hmm. the first ever commanding officer of a Marine female combat unit mm -hmm. just happened within the last couple of weeks. So that oh, entire value you have, look folks, it is not just man, especially in the Marine Corps. We, I can't tell you how many times we used to say, you know, our contract doesn't say female Marine or male Marine. It says Marine. Right. You know, and, and I promise you that those female Marines that are out there, from our standpoint, and I, and I know I'm using female Marines, but and female service members in general, but they have pulled that trigger. Totally. They have been in that. They have, they have saved the lives of many a male Marine or male service member. So, so please keep them in mind and don't discount them in any way, shape or form. And, totally. and it, it, 
my, you know, my, my best friend, Ken was the one that made sure I remembered that when I was having these conversations, because I even kind of had forgotten about it because of the age of the Marine Corps that I came through. You know, like I said at the beginning, they didn't go to combat training. They didn't run more than a mile and a half. It took, you know, time within my service time. So that was a very valuable, and it was a lesson I even had to learn thinking that I had the shit figured out. Sure, yeah. That's the luxury I mean, you. You think you have everything figured out. <laughs> nope. uh, oh, oh, yeah, brother, uh, <laughs> I can't say anything, but, you know, and I know we were going to get into, we'll have to do swing dancing again. We'll just have to get into swing dance uh, more yeah. because we got very Marine Corps, and I, I kind of had a feeling we would. We, we kind of do that. You know? Yeah, it's all good. Um, and, I, and I got to thank Jessica. She she sent me a message while we were talking that uh, she had to She's go put the kids person. to bed. But she, yeah, is she a good swing dancer as, as she claims? I got to ask that. Let's put She's that out. Good. Yeah, no, she, I've done competitions with her. Like as yeah. your partner, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Yep. So she's She's competition ready. I don't know if she's been training lately, but but I'm uh, saying in general, at one point she was competition. Oh, totally, yeah, no, and she, her, and Brad are amazing dancers. Like they, they love and really know how to do the um, the LA style of 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 Lindy and swing dancing, and they they are true jitterbugs. Yeah, I I got so right now <laughs> currently my my le currently my left knee is in a. Uh, in a, in a brace that I can't move it. I I tore my ACL, MCL, meniscus, and I already had two left left feet to start with. So I, I'm not I'm not that guy to start with. But but brother, we're we're gonna have to get into it. You know, send me that picture that you sure. that you were talking about. Yeah, I, yeah. I will definitely I will definitely post that because I think that especially if you were in camis because that's even better that yeah. you were swing dancing in camis. That's even better in my oh, book. Yeah, you're gonna love that and boots. Oh, boot, boot, boots and you swing dancing. Yep. That's even better. So, I, all I can think of is like, here's this like o, O3, O3 hump a lot standing there teaching a bunch of, po, a bunch of pogues who are like, yeah. Yo, I got some extra time around, you know, Garrison. I'm in the green zone. Contractors and yeah. Oh, was, God, that's so great. Was it? Oh, contractors on top. Some Blackwater guys yeah. trying to learn how to swing dance. Oh, it's so great. So my wife wants me to learn how to swing dance. Totally. She's into it. Right. Oh God, it's so great. Um, oh. can I can I do one thing Please. before we before I hundred percent um, whatever you want to do. So can I just I just want to send a big thank you out to everyone that helped me through that through that tough period. Um, some of them are like uh, Rusty Frank, who sent me um, uh, a DVD of people saying. Uh, Augie, we miss you, and Augie, we can't wait till you come home to, so we can dance with you. Um, that was incredibly kind. Um, my friend Mary, who's no longer uh, with us, who sent me music that I could listen to while I was out there. My parents um, and everyone in the dance community and in my personal life that has, um, and my twin brother Mark, who was really there for me. Um, who sent letters, who um, got me out of my comfort zone to move to, to Europe, um, and uh, who um, gave me encouragement, and who were just always there for me. Um, I, I thank all of you from deeply from the bottom of my heart, and also 
to all the guys that that I personally served with, um, Tow Platoon, First Recon Battalion, for you know making sure that I came home in one piece, and um, for showing me how to be a warrior and um, just being a great and positive example in life for me. Brother, I I don't have anything else to say. You, you, you've kind of said it all. Um, we have a tradition on the show. The guest always gets the, la the last, word. last word. Please, please, please do not log off after this is over. I, I just want to talk to you for sure. for a couple of couple of minutes. Sure. Uh, again, folks, real quick. Uh, I, I almost feel like I shouldn't do this, but I, I got to do it. You know, if, if you're enjoying this, please like, share, send to everyone, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. If you've got something that you're you're supporting, you've got other support groups for service members, you've got a vet group, you've got an organization that you're you're putting out there, please send us a message, the above the bar podcast.com. Um Augie, thank you, brother man. Uh from Marine to Marine. Uh, thank you. I, I can't I can't say it enough and don't log after. We got to talk for a moment. But as I always say, the guest is right. the last word. What's the last word, brother? Sumper Fi. Be sure to push your stool in. <laughs> this has been an Earplug Podcast presentation. Found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.